You're listening to episode 73 of the Mad Chatters podcast, February 17th, 2016. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Mad Chatters Podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney Universe. My name is Derek, and joining me are my friends and co-hosts, Matthew. Howdy. And Jeremy. I hope we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a Kardashian and a Zuckerberg. Well, I hope you all had a wonderful Valentine's Day weekend. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, WDW Today on Twitter was kind of trolling our podcast because not only did they tweet the lyric, all at once, everything looks different now that I see you, which was part of our game last week, (laughs) but along with it was a picture of the Tangled Bathrooms, which we talked about in length. Which is really an interesting quote to put together with the bathroom. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Everything looks different. Yeah. Um, Did you also notice, guys, that uh, there was a huge announcement today about DCA, which we just had our big DCA show a couple weeks ago, and we mentioned this on the show. That's true. So I feel like the Bob Iger is listening. Shout out, Bob. I'm telling uh, you, they're going to be trolling. (laughs) They're trolling our podcast. For those of you who aren't aware, it was announced today that Food and Wine is returning to DCA beginning in, uh, what, March, April, something like that? April, May? yeah, yeah. April, yeah. The whole month of April. Weekends in April. Hmm. And I saw a lot of excited comments on the uh, post, so. Definitely, yeah. It seems to be a positive thing. So there hmm. you go, folks. Anything else you would like the Walt Disney Company to do, send us an email. We'll mention it. <laughs> It'll happen. Absolutely. Yeah. We just put it out into the Disney universe. <laughs> just put it on your dream, your Disney dream board, and it comes true. <laughs> well, before we start the show, I do want to uh, talk about something that's coming up this weekend that I feel like we should at least mention, because we haven't talked about it yet, and that is the wonderful world of Disney, which used to be on a lot in the 90s, like, I think every week maybe, but they did a lot of original movies, and recently Disney has promoted this as the return of the wonderful world. The Wonderful World of Disney. But this, wonder, is, wonder, <laughs> but this is the first time it's been on since, like, October or something like that. So if you do it every five or six months, I don't know if you can call it a grand return to television. But this Sunday, February 21st, from 8 to 10 Eastern on ABC, is going to be the won- Wonderful... Who came up with this title? Okay. <laughs> the Wonderful... <It's> alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> the Wonderful World of Disney, Disneyland 60. Uh, they've been filming several big uh, specials throughout the last couple of weeks, and they're going to air them all together on this special. Like, I know Elton John performed a few weeks ago on a stage in front of the castle, and that performance is going to be part of it. Um, I'm going to start with the bad first, because this was a quote from the Parks blog. It says, Fans watching the show at home can tar- can participate in Sir Elton John's performance and much more with the Disney Applause app. Disney Applause, available for iOS and Android. Applause delivers a second screen interactive experience that will sync directly to the broadcast's major musical segments, displaying colorful light shows and original content on viewers' phones. Their display will be in harmony with the illuminated accessories worn by guests and elaborate 
an elaborate lighting design during their performances. Interesting. So that's kind of like a sad attempt to get viewers involved. I Listen, think. I am just very excited about this. They could do nothing but just you a little handheld camera periscoping around the park, and I would be satisfied with that, especially after such a disappointing Christmas Day special this year mm -hmm. that really had zero park, zero parade in it. So anything that can focus on a park and you know kind of just elaborate on that is going to be wonderful in my book. It is kind of funny that they're airing this in 2016, which is technically the 51st or the 61st anniversary. It's like they're yeah. a little be they're behind. The muggles don't know that though. So, yeah, 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 there you go. Uh, but anyway, the app aside, they're doing like a ton, tons of exciting things. The list of uh, special guest stars who are going to be on was a whole paragraph long. But I know uh, Harrison Ford is going to come on and give a sneak preview of what's coming to Star Wars Land. Josh Gad is going to give a tour of Walt's private apartment, which Jeremy unfortunately was not able to see. And the Dream Suite, which Jeremy fortunately was able to see. Adina yes. uh, Menzel is going to be on there, of course. Dick Van Dyke. Lots of special guest stars. And they're going to be uh, showing you know, some iconic scenes from all around the Disneyland Resort. So if you are interested in celebrating the 60th anniversary from your couch, be sure to tune in to ABC Sunday night. Um, is this going to be an hour special? Two hours? Two three hours? hours? Two from hours. From 8 to 10 Eastern. Maybe they'll show Paint the Night in its completion. That would be uh, They did refer to Paint the Night because that's one of the things that will light up on your phone. Oh, <laughs> with that's going to be great. <laughs> I'm, I need to get the tissues because I'll be weeping like a baby. <laughs> and your uh, rave paint, your glow-in-the-dark paint. <laughs> yes. They go together. <laughs> Anything else you want to see in particular? If Richard Sherman sings something in front of Sleeping Beauty Castle, that's another weeping moment right there. Anything that probably shows Walt from opening day is going to be very emotional for me. It's just going to be an emotional very night. Emotional very emotional night. <laughs> Jeremy, I think it's safe to assume that you're just going to be weeping from 8 to 10 Eastern on I Sunday I feel like night. you've surpassed me somehow in your <laughs> I just, love for Disney. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just something about, especially now that... I cry a lot with Disney. Now that I'm uh, living away from the parks temporarily... It really is affecting me. I should probably call my therapist and get a uh, special session scheduled for Monday morning. We're your therapy. <laughs> that is yeah. true. That is this true. This is your outlet mm -hmm. or your enablers. <laughs> One of the two. Yes. Not sure what we are. <laughs> a little bit of both. <laughs> well, uh, let's go ahead and go to the parks right now. But instead of Disneyland, let's go over to Walt Disney World and do a bit of eating around the world. A few weeks ago, my family and I went to Disney's Old Key West Resort to uh, eat once again at Olivia's Cafe. We've eaten, Jessica, my wife and I have eaten there twice before, once for breakfast and once for dinner, and have been uh, pleasantly surprised, I guess, both times. Because, you know, first time, um, the first impression matters a lot, but the second impression is also important because it tells you a lot about some places' consistency and how the service and the food are going to be on a second trip. You know, because sometimes you can have a fluke, whether it's good or bad, the first time. But both times we were very happy with what we ordered, our service, the location, and so we went back with my parents. They were in town, and we were just looking for a place to eat 
where reservations are fairly easy to uh, acquire. It's easy to get to when you're at downtown Disney or Disney Springs, which is where we were walking around. We didn't want to eat at any of the really busy, crowded, expensive restaurants at Disney Springs, T-Rex or Morimoto or Raglan Road or something. So we just got on the boat, hopped over to Old Key West. I had a reservation for about 6.30, and uh, we ate at Olivia's Cafe. If you've never been over to Old Key West, it is themed exactly how you would think it would be themed, being named Disney's Old Key West. It's that very Victorian... I don't even know, um, wrought iron, wood, shutters, that kind of look, but tropical at the same time, that old Key West kind of look. And Olivia's Cafe fits right in there. It's almost like a little bait-and-tackle feel diner almost. It's very brightly lit, very pancake house feeling, uh, tile floors and, and tables and, and dinery. But there's lots of pictures on the wall. Of Olivia? Yeah, Olivia. No, she's not there. She's not present. I don't think she ever existed. Are y'all talking no. about that, that cartoon pig? Oh, that's Wilbur. Who? Who's Isn't Olivia? There like, there's like a cartoon pig called like Olivia. Funny story. The world connects in many different ways. <laughs> there's a girl in our youth group here whose name is Olivia. And she's a pig? That raises pigs. Oh. <laughs> she raises pigs and just showed it at the Highlands County Fair this past week so she does not listen but shout out to her anyway funny um sorry sorry back to topic pigs and olivia yes there's pictures all over the wall none of olivia or pigs but of families uh disney this was disney the disney vacation club this was their first uh resort at walt disney world the old key west resort so all these pictures are like of you know from the ni- mid 90s all these families that were there uh, at the Disney Vacation Club opening for Old Key West and all. So it's a very nice place. Other than that, there's fishing. Uh, Jeremy's showing us uh, Olivia the pig. That's very nice. I'm just trying to say I'm not crazy. There is, and it's like books for children. Olivia oh, the pig, okay. and she does adventures. This cafe is not connected to that. <laughs> Good to know. Parents do not take your children. They're hoping to see Olivia. It could be. Maybe a character meet and greet. <sighs> So far down off the path at this point. <laughs> Story There's of my life. fishing gear on the wall, ceiling fans with the nice big palm leaf things on them. There's um, so the theme is, is not nautical. I wouldn't call it nautical. I'd call it kind of homey Florida fish fishing dining kind of place. The food is very much like that too. Uh, they used to have like shrimp po' boys and oyster po' boys on the menu. I think they've done away with that and they've upgraded the menu just a little bit. So there was like roasted pork chops with some garlic mashed potatoes and my mom got that. She enjoyed that very much. Uh, my wife Jessica got the Caribbean shrimp and rice, which was like coconut infused jasmine rice with mm. plantains and pineapple and all sorts of things. And it was really, really tasty. If you like coconut and spices mixed together because some people don't. Oh, that sounds delicious to me. I'll, that sounds like very Caribbean to me, like the plantains. Yeah. The... Well, it honestly reminded me of like a Thai curry with that coconut mm. milk and, and all that stuff. But it was really good. I got the sweet, some kind of uh, island ribs with a special kind of barbecue sauce. They were really good and tender. I wouldn't say there's anything special about them that you wouldn't get at Chili's or Outback kind of barbecue ribs. They came with fries and coleslaw, so nothing, nothing really adventurous there. And um, I think my dad got some sort of fish. They always have like a fresh fish on the menu, fish of the day grilled and things like that. The highlight, however, at this restaurant, uh, actually two highlights, is the bread that you get when you sit down at your table is the same coconut pineapple bread that you receive 
at Ohana, and they just keep bringing it out. If you want more, you want more. Yes. And uh, here they actually serve it with some butter, which I think you have to kind of ask for at Ohana. Um, dessert at Olivia's, which you can – it's not like it comes, but you order it. They have banana bread pudding uh, – oh, yeah, banana bread pudding Sunday is what they call it. And if you are a fan of the Bananas Foster bread pudding at Ohana, this is very, very, very similar in a very smaller, a much more, a much smaller sharing size. So instead of that bread, though, it is made of banana bread. So there's a slight difference, but it still comes with that Bananas Foster sauce Ooh, with yes. ice cream on top, and uh, it, it could pass as the same thing. If you were just hankering for it but couldn't get into Ohana, you could go to Olivia's and get very, very similar stuff. Olivia's is not that crowded a lot. You can usually get in with a walk-in, um, I, I think. I have before. But reservations are always available on the day of there. And it's a short boat ride from Disney Springs, which can make for a very pleasant lunch or evening uh, stop. So I recommend Olivia's Cafe to I'm, you. I'm looking at the menu right now. Do you know anything about the chicken pasta Cayo Hueso? Hueso? I don't. Sounds good to me. Fettuccine with grilled chicken, sautéed with garlic, olive oil, roasted peppers, grape tomatoes, and arugula in a tomato broth. Arugula. Arugula. Uh, Sounds very good. As well as the citrus chicken breast sounds really good to me as well. Yeah. They've got a a nice mixture of uh, things that could be considered adventurous and then just kind of standard Florida fish seafood fare. Yeah. Or the traditional club sandwich, which is – Exactly what it sounds like. It sounds <laughs> there you go. That's for your older people. <laughs> yeah. Or they have seven mile sea scallops. That sounds pretty good. Sounds yep. like you need to try this place, Jeremy. I do. I'm I'm a sucker for like th- this to me. I, having been to Key West, um, this to me is is very appealing. I like that feel. I think Matt and it, I. It's a nice that. feel. Yeah, that, and they got Jimmy Buffett and steel drums playing. Ooh, sold already right there. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you reviewed this place because. I don't think I'd even heard of it until you mentioned it about a year ago on this show. And that, like that's it was saying a year something. Ago. We went there for breakfast for Valentine's Day last year, and oh, I would okay. also highly recommend the breakfast there. And see, that's saying something that I hadn't heard of it because I like do extensive restaurant research anytime I go to Walt Disney World. And so I feel like I can name, you know, every restaurant that's on property and what people are saying about it, but that one just somehow has slipped under the radar completely. I should make a caveat here, and that is uh, I probably would not recommend this to someone that was coming down for a vacation, except maybe for breakfast. If you wanted to do breakfast there and then go to Disney Springs, that's a nice little idea for any morning, just a nice, easy morning. And the reason I say that isn't because it's not good. It's just not like an over-the-top exceptional Disney experience. It is good food with a good theme at a nice resort that's a boat ride away from Disney Springs. I've enjoyed it because I live here, and when we go up to a park or go up to Disney Springs, um, it's nice to know that you can get in somewhere quick because we don't often make reservations 80 days in advance anymore or 90 days or whatever it is. So, uh, you know, do your research and, and look at some other reviews before you decide to go here on your vacation. But for breakfast, it probably would be a good. And let me say this. If you're not on the dining plan, it is significantly less expensive than most Disney table services. Most things are under 
$18. Unless you get like the ribs or, or something like that, you can get a lot of the other things for under under 18 to 20 bucks. Cool. Um, we're going to start, I think I mentioned this, but the Mad Chatter's drinking game. You know, like every time I say, um, or whatever, every time Matt says, my wife Jessica, shot! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my wife Jessica. I have a. I think you get like one drink per show. Uh, you said it at least three times in that review. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I have a wife <laughs> named Jessica. It's time for America's favorite segment, and that is Mad Chatter Debates. Partner yeah! in the court. This is when we pick a topic and two of us debate the uh, opposing arguments surrounding it. And the third chatter must be <laughs> Matt's giving me a funny look. <laughs> the third chatter is supposed to be um, non-partial, non-biased, uh, but totally fair and just and Judge Judy – and not pick an argument based on their own preferences, but on how well it's argued. That's I love how you remind us of that every time. <laughs> Seriously. Simply because you lose every time. You say it in such an accusatory way. You're supposed to be unbiased. Not based on. <laughs> I'm just saying, when I listen back to the show, I just feel gypped a lot of times Please. based on things that I say. You're the sorest loser. <laughs> Why do you think I host the game segment? That's so true. <laughs> but anyways, um, so we're going to start the debates, and I think maybe Matt and I should go first. Is that okay, Derek? Do it, yeah. All right, so today we're going to be debating, and I'll let Matt have the first uh, debate. Which is the better transportation mode to the Magic Kingdom, the ferry boat or the monorail? I will start our debate by arguing that the ferry boat is the best means of transportation to the Magic Kingdom. The ferry boat might be the slower means of transportation. You might have to wait a little longer longer for the ferry boat to come to to the dock and get on. It might be the more crowded means of transportation as people want to get that window area or towards the front or on the second deck but nothing absolutely nothing can top the experience of sailing away although you're not sailing you're on a steamship sailing away towards the magical kingdom that is the magic kingdom (laughs) (laughs) and that view you get once you get on there and begin going and the castle gets closer and closer and closer. So those are the best picture moments anywhere in Walt Disney World as you're traveling over this magical lagoon, almost like a moat over into a foreign magical enchanted kingdom. And I don't think really much else needs to be said. There's also background music on the ferry boat, which you will not get on the monorail, playing Disney theme park and movie classics that gets everybody's spirits up and going as you get closer and closer to the gates. The actual trip time to the Magic Kingdom on your ferry boat is less than 10 minutes. So that is not an entirely long time to wait. Think about all the anticipation that's building up on that time. Think about first timers going over the Magic Kingdom and having that first experience, not of mass speedy transit, 
but taking your time and enjoying the magic on the way to the Magic Kingdom. And now I'll let Jeremy argue his side. Thank you, Your Honor. Talking to me? Oh, no, that's true. Scratch that from the record, please. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to take us back to June 1959. We all know the picture. We've seen it millions of times before. There stands Walt Disney, the man himself, Vice President Richard Nixon at his side, his wife Pat, his two young daughters. They're standing there with a large pair of scissors, attempting to cut a ribbon that just won't cut. What were they cutting the ribbon to? The monorail. A Disney icon. Now, we use the word icon kind of flippantly around here. We apply it to things that perhaps arguably could not be applied to. But I don't think there's any doubt that when we say monorail, the word icon is not only adequate, it almost doesn't describe it enough. The monorail is a Disney fixture. It is a Disney uh, uh, landmark. It is history that you ride. And let's talk about that ride for a minute. I mean, would you rather get on a boat and travel across a Florida swamp, which you can do at Gatorland or wherever else? Or would you rather get on the highway in the sky? And as you walk in, you get that wonderful smell. The first time you ride it, it kind of makes you vomit in your mouth a little bit. (laughs) But it suddenly becomes comforting. The smell of tourists and sweat and all kinds of things. The smell of Disney. Then as your monorail takes off, you don't just get one view like you do on the ferry boats. You're just slowly getting closer and closer to the Magic Kingdom in a straight shot. This is a shifting, changing view. As you are coming around the bend, there you see the castle. And there you see to the other side, Spaceship Earth. And you're, excuse me, Space Mountain. (laughs) I was like, what monorail are you on? <laughs> Although you can ride the monorail also to Epcot, that's a side point. But just that's not it the out same there. monorail. It's a different monorail, but it's a monorail. So shut up. Objection. Uh, <laughs> so you get shifting views and changing views, and then quite possibly the coolest thing of it all: you go through the contemporary. Does the ferry boat take you through a resort? Nope. But isn't it wonderful to be in the monorail with? first-timers who don't know that and as you go in you hear the that's an experience that you're not going to find anywhere else except on the iconic monorail i rest my case i might want to chime one more thing in and that are that these are still the mark four monorails that have not been updated since 1992 now i understand the ferry boats are just as old but they're ferry boats (laughs) i was not high they're not high-speed trains. They are ferry boats. They are I would ask the attorney. And nostalgic. I, relevance. Objection. Relevance. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a courtroom. It's like a debate club. Do they have objections and stuff in debate club? Uh-oh. I've been watching we a lot of should be using Robert's things. Rules of Order. Mm. I don't know what that means, but okay. Formal protest. Okay. <laughs> I have made my decision. And Jeremy, you're not going to like it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Your Honor, I move that you excuse yourself from the bench. You are Hold a tainted. On. Let me give my reasons. 
first of all, you spent a good couple of minutes talking about the history. First of all, you know me. You know history does not appeal to me. Secondly, that is a good argument for why these transportation forms should exist, but not why it's a better one to take. Like, I don't care about the history of attraction when I'm thinking about the enjoyment of it. And you're, you're honestly going to tell me you enjoy the ferry boat more than the monorail? I'm not saying that. I'm saying Matt argued this better. He we, even- are, we are debating the substance of the argument. As you yourself have said, Steve. He even admitted Steve. his is slow. Steve. And one. <laughs> you admitted that yours smells like vomit in your mouth. But you like that smell. I was a. I did not say that. If I said I enjoyed the boat better, then that would mean I was I had a biased, prejudiced opinion before you even started debating. I'm saying that Matt's argument was better because he made me feel like I was on the boat, that I was seeing the castle, and that I was hearing the background music. You made me feel like <laughs> there were vomiting guests around me, and I was on a very historical attraction that Nixon had something to do with. I'm just saying, don't be. You are the worst loser ever. <laughs> Because President this Nixon, time, hey, I might ask. I even pre- wrote I notes. I wrote Nixon. notes down because I said I'm winning this week. President Nixon's time in office was scandalized. And not when he was vice president. And my and my choice had nothing to do with Nixon's presidency. I was gonna say Derek doesn't know that. So hey, <laughs> shut up. I've heard of Water Door. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I feel like Jeremy and I should debate so he can get his two losses out of the way right at the beginning. (laughs) Jerk. (laughs) Yeah. All right, I'm going to start this time because I think maybe that's an advantage. Mm -hmm. I'm too kind. I let the other person go first. Uh. So, uh, Matthew, Derek and I will be debating which is more annoying Um, What are you debating again, Derek? I don't remember your topic. (laughs) Uh, Just people who cut in front of you at the last minute at parades. That's really specific. I should just... That really is. People who cut in general. Can I do that? Too late. Okay. I mean, it's your argument. You can do whatever you want. Uh, I'm debating uh, that the Brazilian and Argentinian tour groups are more annoying. Okay. As we have mentioned before on this podcast, as uber disney fans we all enjoy the sights the sounds and the smells of walt disney world and very few things can ruin a disney experience more than obnoxious loud teenagers and that is what these tour groups are there is nothing more frightening than perhaps walking through Frontierland on your way to liberty square to ride the haunted mansion and coming straight at you you see that flag sticking up above the crowd, almost like the shark fin in the water. And here they come. You hear them. And the chanting. We three caballeros. Is this offensive? That's what it reminds me of. It has nothing to do with their nationality. I would say the same thing about teenagers in the United States, Russia, China, you name it. But this large swarm of 50-plus adolescent teenagers is taking over the park. They're chanting. They're clapping. 
I personally have been in the queue for Big Thunder Mountain. And you know that is a very tight queue. Stuck in between two groups. And they began chanting at each other. I can only assume they were saying in Portuguese, we love Jesus, yes we do, we love Jesus, how about you? Then the worst, the line cutting. One of them will get in line for Space Mountain. And when they get close enough, they text their friends and they all try to cut up in front of you. So before you know it, two people becomes 50. How about when you're walking through a path and there's a mound of backpacks just casually thrown on the side of the, of the walkway and one person guarding them? Or even worse, at the end of the day, they just decide to lay in the walkway because they're tired. These Brazilian and Argentinian or wherever they're from tour groups are the absolute worst part of tourists at Walt Disney World. And if you're not careful, you can allow them to ruin your entire day. The end. Matt, you have a little girl, Anna, in case you forgot her name. <laughs> and, and a I, wife, Jessica. <laughs> yes. Yep. You, have a wife, you have a wife, Jessica. And I want you to imagine Anna is at that age where she just loves dancing to music. Maybe she's already there. She loves dancing to music. And when characters greet her, she loves giving them a high five and getting to touch their hands and shake them and do all that fun stuff and interact. And you have been waiting an hour on Main Street with the perfect spot because you know that Anna is going to love this parade. Finally, it's going to be like right up her alley. It's going to be something she really enjoys. Like I said, you've been playing it there for an hour. She's getting a little restless, so you've bought her ice creams, but now you're like five minutes away from the beginning of this parade. Maybe even like the lights have dimmed and the crowd has kind of gotten even more ramped up because they know it's about to start. And just then, two teenagers come in front of you and they stand right in front of you on the sidewalk. Maybe they sit down at first, but the guy who has been telling people all night, oh, you can't stand there, didn't see them come up, says, oh, you need to move your feet back from the sidewalk. So they stand up instead of sitting down. So now they're right in front of you and your entire family. And no one even, no one in charge even knew that that's what happened. So they're not really getting on to them. And you don't really want to put Anna on your shoulders because the people behind you won't be able to see. So you're just kind of stuck being behind these two jerks who selfishly got in front of you and you have no good view. Now, the, the tour groups, oh my gosh, yes, they are so annoying. It's horrible. But I feel like we should give a little grace to them because they, they probably don't speak English. And even though I will admit that they are very rude at times, um, it, it might just be that they don't really know when people are telling them to stop because they just don't understand. Um, but these cutters, in my experience, most of the cutters sounds weird, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. These people who cutters. cut, these people who cut in front of you, mostly from my experiments, from my experience, have been Americans who speak English. Now that just gives America a bad name. They're they're being rude, they're being selfish, and they know better. And there is no excuse. So I will just say that while annoying people are annoying, and I don't like to be annoyed. Rudeness and selfishness are two qualities I cannot tolerate at Walt Disney World or anywhere, for that matter. Spoken like a true Trump supporter. <laughs> How did you know? First of all, I think Jeremy's explanation of debates from earlier was very Trump-like. Where we <laughs> He said, a debate is when we uh, debate things and somebody <laughs> takes the, you know, answering a question with the question is, uh, what is all that? 
Oh, sorry. I thought my mic was muted. I'm no. so sorry. It's not. <laughs> I award the points to Derek because you of have the inv- got to be kidding. <laughs> invocation. The invocation of little Anna and her Disney dreams being dashed. Mm. <laughs> my Again, we are arguing the substance, not the substance, but the style of the argument. So, uh, I hope I is... hope our listeners enjoyed the final debates we will ever do on this show because <laughs> I'm never agreeing to this segment again. Oh, well, come don't on. take this victory away from me. You Gosh. might win the next one. <laughs> Actually, no, you've lost both. <laughs> You have to listen to the next one. And the great thing is you can't really take it out on either one of us because we both chose not you. Mm. Mm. It's true. Thank you for pointing that out. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. To make sure we all have a chance to go first, I will start this one. And Matt and and I are arguing which character meet and greet they should bring back to Disney World. Matt is arguing for Darkwing Duck. And I am arguing for Scrooge McDuck. This is a low blow. You guys are appealing to, like, my weakness. I, I'm trying to be angry, and now I can't even be mad because you're talking about Darkwing Duck and Scrooge. Yeah. Yes, let's yeah. talk about Scrooge, shall we? He is just, like, the lovable uncle every kid wishes they had. And so it only feels right that you should bring back this meet-and-greet character, not just at Christmas time, because he sometimes shows up for the party that, you know, families have to pay $60 for each of their kids to get into. He, he sometimes shows up there. But I'm talking about... All year round, bring him in, even have him greet with Donald, like a little family picture. What an awesome picture that would be to have Donald on your left, Scrooge on your right. Um, And besides the fact that he's just a lovable character, he's been around for much longer than Darkwing Duck. So I think it kind of makes more sense for him to be there. His first introduction to the public was in 1947. So I'm sure more people know who he is by this time. Um, And of course, there's Mickey's Christmas Carol. There's DuckTales. There's all sorts of different... Uh, platforms he's been on, comic books, all sorts of things. And I think Darkwing Duck was only in one show, and it lasted like a couple years. So so I'm just saying nothing against Darkwing Duck, but it makes more sense to bring Scrooge McDuck as a permanent character and Darkwing Duck as a limited-time character every once in a while. Um, also, I want to point out that DuckTales is getting a reboot in 2017, something we are all very excited about. So it really makes sense at this time in this important milestone in Scrooge McDuck's fictional life that we should bring him to the park, get fans excited once again, and then the TV show, the reboot, will just explode because everyone knows who he is at this point. And I want to finish by talking about their costumes just in general. I mean, he's got the glasses, which are just adorable on the end of his little beak. Uh, What do ducks have? Not beaks. Yeah. Anyway... He's got glasses, and they're amazing. And he's got a little money bag hanging from his fake belt, which is perfect. Like, that money bag is just the perfect accessory for him. And don't even get me started on Darkwing Duck. Like, that cape, like, that's a hazard. <laughs> he could, <laughs> yes. he could like, swoop it around and not seeing some kid. He could swing it around his front and, like, whop the kid upside the back of the head and get him all tangled up in the cape and suffocation, and it's just a lawsuit waiting to happen. So Scrooge McDuck, <laughs> what? The kid could have a heart attack. Grandma could have a heart attack. Uh, exactly. Thank you for making my point for me. Yeah. So no heart attacks, no suffocating children, no traumatization. We just need Scrooge McDuck in Disney World. I have so much to say, but I'm going to refrain till Matt's done. I would point out that the last bit of Derek's argument there was classic. 
uh, ad absurdum uh, with the with the the train of thought that leads to people being suffocated and grandma <laughs> having a heart attack. I was just throwing that in there for good measure because that's what happened with the snake bite, which was ridiculous. Listen, uh, I'm just agreeing with our hero Edna, who said no capes. Is, is that her name? Did I get that wrong? I don't know. Yes, <laughs> I so. Okay, yeah, yeah. Edna sounds right. Such yeah. a hero. We don't even know her name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Apparently, she's the hero we deserve, not the one we oh, wanted. Oh, oh, I don't know what we're talking about anymore. Um, I love Scrooge McDuck. I would love to meet him, but Scrooge comes from, as Derek pointed out, an era of classic Disney characters. He is as old, uh, and relatively speaking here, he, he's not as old as, as Donald and Goofy and Mickey, obviously, but not too much younger. I mean, in terms of creation, obviously not his, his uh, created age. Uh, Scrooge McDuck comes to us in his modern form through the Disney afternoon. Uh, actually, no, take that back. Darkwing Duck comes to us as a modern uh, character through the Disney afternoon of the late 80s and early 90s. Jeremy, I might also bring in your love for the man Jim Cummings, who has d- did the voice for Darkwing Duck, as well as many, many voices and voiceovers throughout the park and various attractions, not the least of which is Illuminations, Reflections of Earth. Off topic! <laughs> Jim Cummings is a Disney legend through his voices, Tigger and Pooh and all the rest that he's done here recently, dating all the way back to the 80s and his work with the Disney company as the voice for these beloved characters. Darkwing Duck could also meet, uh, as Scrooge McDuck could, Launchpad. So you're not having to sacrifice another rare character just because you choose Darkwing Duck over Scrooge McDuck. You can still meet Launchpad. And think of all the other wonderful characters you can meet along with Darkwing Duck, such as Gosling and all the wonderful villains that Darkwing Duck brings with us, like the Walrus Man, whatever his name is, and the Rooster Guy with the robot beak, and all those wonderful uni- – the universe that Darkwing Duck brings with him. Think about the picture you would have with Darkwing Duck immediately beside your picture of Jim Cummings that was autographed with Darkwing Duck on it. What a wonderful side-by-side frame collector's piece that would make. So I advise you to think about the opportunities. Um, Though not as old and as classic, the certain nostalgia for your own personal life and enjoyment that would come from meeting Darkwing Duck. Both of you presented terrible arguments. I really uh, felt personally insulted by the fact that Derek criticized my historic approach to the monorail, but then tries to wine and dine me with history of Scrooge McDuck. Mine was relevant to the topic. (laughs) Just saying. Easy, 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 counselor. I haven't ruled yet. But I understand this, uh, this game, so I'm not going to let my personal feelings interfere. Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do think both of you did uh, a very nice job. I I genuinely believe that. You both uh, appealed to my root um, nature. You know my weaknesses. You know my wheelhouse. Uh, But Matthew, I gotta say, you didn't win me over until you mentioned that picture next to my autographed Jim Cummings picture. So I'm gonna give it to Matt. Mm. Yay. I always win. <laughs> I was waiting for a cheap shot about a plush, and then I was going to give it to Derek, but you refrained. No. So very good. Wow. No, 
Um, this is about the character experience. Right, that's right. To be honest, I wasn't really into that debate at all because I couldn't care less about either of those characters, but congratulations, Matthew. And for the record, they are rebooting Darkwing Duck as well. That was just announced like a month ago. Uh, that mm-hmm. was a rumor. No, it's been announced. They As a comic book, not as a TV show. Oh, yeah. I missed that. Everybody announced the TV show thing, and it turned out to be, like, false. They're just doing a comic book. But anyway, there you go. Well, that's another round of debates. Matthew, two. Derek, one. Jeremy, zero. (sighs) Story of my life. On this week's show, it's time for another Top 5 Countdown. And this week, we're talking about our Top 5 Favorite Views at Walt Disney World. Those shots that maybe they make for a good picture, or they just make you say, wow, when you look at them. Uh, Now, I didn't tell you guys before we started recording, but I couldn't narrow down my list, so we're just going to do like a Top 57 this week, if that's okay. Oh my. No. But for real, like this was super <laughs> hard for me because, and in fact, I decided to just completely leave resorts off of my list because I had like eight or nine and then I was like, oh, I haven't even started thinking about resorts yet. Forget it. Forget it. Anyway, top five favorite views at Walt Disney World. Let's start with Matt. All right. I too had a hard time narrowing this down. And when we were discussing this, we were sort of going back and forth on whether it should be like obvious answers like, you know, the castle, spaceship earth and things. And, um, you know, we talked about some nuances we could add. So mine is nuanced, but it is of spaceship earth, uh, the view of spaceship earth specifically though, at night from the Japan pavilion over in world showcase. Because they have that wonderful red, I think it's Shinto, the religion, the little gate. Yeah, and there's an actual name of that specific gate because it's an it's a replica of some specific one. It's like peace or something, whatever. Yeah, I know Japan what you're talking stuff. About, yes. So <laughs> over there from Japan, you can stand obviously in this particular place, and Spaceship Earth is perfectly framed inside of that gate and at nighttime with all of that lit up beautifully it makes for some really great pictures it's a great little moment there's great views of spaceship earth everywhere but that is my personal favorite view of spaceship earth well i'll go next since mine is also in world showcase and this is something we've talked about before um but you're in the canada pavilion and you know there are the steps that lead up to like the main part of the pavilion but instead of going up the steps you're going to go to the right and there's that i think it's like a popcorn stand and right beside it is a pathway and when you take that pathway you go over like this small bridge because there's like a little pond stream there under you and when you're standing on the bridge like to your right you see the rock work with the little waterfalls you see the the body of water under you on either side of the bridge straight ahead you see the big canada pavilion which is a really good use of forced perspective um, it's a building that holds La Cellier on the bottom floor. You even see to the left, like where, those stairs I was talking about, like they form a bridge over the water. Um, it's just such a great view with so many different things going on just in that one spot. Um, and a lot of these answers come from, like, are in, like I notice them while I'm there, but I've come to appreciate them more because I've seen so many pictures of them. And this is one of those that uh, you can just... Yeah. 
capture so much going on just from that one little spot, from that little pathway in Canada. I I will second that. All the World Showcase has... Lord? My phone was not silenced. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I thought Jeremy was trying to play something Canada-related. Like, that makes me think of this song. <laughs> we put this in after. No. Uh, there's lots of great views all over uh, World Showcase. Not of just landmarks, obviously, but that. And the detail they put into the inside areas of all these pavilions is uh, is great and and on the path less traveled sometimes you can find those great views mm-hmm. agreed agreed uh i wanted to um just say a word about my list i tried to avoid um obvious ones you know such as the castle like we said and these are just places that i like to pause and take a little moment to just absorb the uh atmosphere and the scenery and so that's my list just okay. in a nutshell so my number five is very um, strange in a way, but I love when you walk into the Tower of Terror queue, and as you walk through the gate there, the first gate, and it's kind of inclined on the on the path up. And this is this view works best when there's nobody else kind of around you, like when you're entering the queue alone. Right before the slight turn to the right that takes you up by the old abandoned fountain, I just like to stand there for just a second and look up through the trees at the Tower of Terror. To me, there's something about right there. I don't know if it's the the wall and the greenery, but it really blocks out a lot of the sound from the theme park. So it feels very isolated right there. The greenery is really overgrown right there. And so it, it kind of adds to the creepiness feel. And like I said, especially if nobody else is really in the queue with you or just your party is right there, you kind of get this sense of abandonment in a, in a way as you look up at the, the decrepit, facade and so if you're if you're like me and you can kind of lose yourself in the moment for just a you know a second you really kind of get the feeling like whoa this is like a creepy old abandoned hotel right here that we're about to walk into that hasn't been opened since 1920 and uh, i just think it's a great view i always try to like take a picture and i you know i just use iphone photography so i'm not you know a a, a professional i'm sure somebody who's way has way better skills than me could get a a better shot but uh anyways it, it just seems really creepy to me right there Sometimes at night, or even during the day sometimes, I don't know what the rule is for when they roll out the fog, but the fog in that area adds a wonderful uh, atmosphere. And uh, do they even do the fog anymore? I don't know. Does anybody know? I, it's been a Maybe while since I've just, seen it. But. Well, yeah, at night I can imagine this is an extremely nice little place to be if you enjoy that kind of theming with the creepy big band music playing and mm-hmm. the, that really dim purple light on the building. They used to have fog blowing in there. They do have a little irrigation system. I don't know that it's just like for sprinkler, like water. They used to have like a mist going on in the queue, and that's always a nice thing to have going. Good call. Tower Terror overall, that's a good picture spot right there. And kind of like Matt said about Spaceship Earth, there's really no I mean, there's so many different angles of Tower of Terror that just kind of makes you say, wow, that's a really cool building, you know, from the end of Sunset Boulevard or, well, that's really the only other view I can think of. No, <laughs> when, you're in, when you're in the Phantasmic thing, you can turn around and you see the whole back facade of the building. See, there you go. That's yeah. true. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yep. And there's some lights on in the windows and things like that. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Number four. <laughs> I'll start. Okay. (laughs) My 
Mine is also this. I'm just realizing three of mine are in Epcot, which makes it sound like that's my favorite park, and it's not. But I guess it just has some really good. It just has some good views going for it, I guess. Um, but this is another one that I've only really come to appreciate after I've seen pictures of it. And uh, when you're, this is in Future World, and you have entered Epcot and you've gone around Spaceship Earth, and you're almost past, like you're you're passing the Fountain of Nations and the Fountain View, like the Starbucks is to your right. And just as you come around that corner, you see the Imagination Pavilion to your right. But it's, there's much more than that going on because the monorail beam is actually in front. So, like, if there happens to be a monorail going by, you see the monorail, and then you see the body of water under it. Just beyond it, you see the the imagination, like, upside-down fountain thing where the water's actually shooting up, you know? Where that little white pyramid mm-hmm. structure is. And then behind that, you see the actual Imagination Pavilion, those two giant glass pyramids. And there's just something about it, like all the energy that's going on. The the monorail's going by, the fountains are leaping and jumping. They're the itty-bitty fountains that actually do leap like that. They leap from one to the other. Just so much is going on, and that just, to me, that has just become like iconic Disney, that view of those 80s-looking pyramids that just scream Epcot, but they're also just, there's just something so wonderful about them. Um, That's one of the reasons I love that, because of all the kinetic energy going on. You can't help but hum the imagination song in your head. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah. really nice too if they have like the um, the plants or the flowers out in the middle of the water as well. Have you seen that? I have. And now that you say that, I think during uh, the the flower and garden festival, all along that slope that leads down into the body of water, there's like Mickey florals, right? Yeah, they change yep. it. They change it every year, but it's definitely like a really beautiful, like very colorful yeah, layout piece of art. So it's yeah. so beautiful all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, good choice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let me insult you. No, a lot of my a lot. Well, one of mine later. When you're thinking about great views at Walt Disney World, you know it's different from photography. Because, you know, you think about great snapshots, like postcard pics, they don't involve things like all that wonderful and very well thought out and planned out kinetic energy that goes right. on uh, with, with Disney attractions. Uh, but more about that later. My number four is the Haunted Mansion. And this is specifically from Tom Sawyer Island. And all, I think um, a couple years ago was the first time I went to Tom Sawyer Island um, just to look around. I didn't really explore all that much. I just looked at a few things, walked around, went up to the fort, and then left. But last year, in March, I think, I, I spent a little bit of time on Tom Sawyer Island and got up to the pinnacle. There's a trail you can follow. It's not very high, but, it, I mean, it's you know, a good 20 or 30 feet off the ground up on this little like um, nature trail kind of feeling thing, and there's a plateau on top. You can turn around and see Big Thunder Mountain, Splash Mountain, or whatever. But there's this one particular view of the Haunted Mansion that was just so magical and eerie and just perfectly set at the same time. Because there was these trees and all this overgrown foliage from Tom Sawyer Island. And then the trees that were up around the Haunted Mansion. It was one of those where I took the picture and looking at the picture, I thought, I have never seen 
the Haunted Mansion photographed from here before because it was like it was a totally separate house way off in the distance, and it kind of fit with that whole theme of being on Tom Sawyer Island, and there's the the old house at the end of the hill over there that's haunted and uh, all the things that Disney's built into the Haunted Mansion in Liberty Square. It was just a nice little... A nice little picture, and I, and I took multiple pictures of it because it was just a completely different angle than I had never ever noticed before. And speaking of kinetic energy, the Liberty Bell Riverboat, you know, would go by every once in a while, adding a whole another dimension of, of of energy to to that view. Yeah, you talked about this a while back about all the great views you get from Tom Sawyer Island, and I, and I gotta say, it makes me want to uh, go over there asap, and because I'm yeah. sure that's well, not the see- only good view. No, it's not. You, I mean, you see everything that you would see from the park. It's just a completely different vantage point. Yeah. And you give distance to it and angles that you cannot get anywhere else in the park. The same is true of over there at Big Thunder Mountain and Splash Mountain from Tom Sawyer Island. There's great views from, from both of, for both of those from, from the island. I can imagine, yeah. My number four is over at Epcot as well. And this view is particularly particularly nice at night and that is i love to go to the france pavilion and to get some chocolate mousse and uh sit out by the fountain out front that is lit up and fountaining i guess you could say and enjoy the view into the pavilion uh with the eiffel tower it's a beautiful view right there especially the fountain has very good lighting and uh, it just kind of has a very romantic... I think the word is flowing. Yeah, I was thinking flowing as well. Yeah, yeah the fountain is flowing. Yeah, but it, wide. Mm. <laughs> but it has those, um, like those jets that kind of shoot it up. Like, kind of like, yeah. not, as, not as dramatic as the, the Imagination Fountain. No, it's course, subtle. It's very subtle. Very subtle. But, the, but again, that lighting in that fountain just yeah. stuns me. So It's inside. Yeah, sit right there. Bring your beret. Sit right there and eat a croissant and some chocolate i was gonna say does the (laughs) does the moose improve the viewing experience um i mean it just takes me to france you know so i do like that pavilion this is gonna sound stupid but it's so symmetrical like when you when you have that view straight down the the france pavilion with the uh eiffel tower there like it makes for great pictures because it's so symmetrical and I don't know, I just really like that about it. Yeah, it's like the Champs-Élysées, you know, straight down the middle of Paris. You sound mm. so pretentious right now. <laughs> <laughs> Fraser Crane. <laughs> well, if the shoe fits. Jeremy, why don't you start us on number three since since we've both started. Speaking of beautiful fountains with lights and fountaininess. I'm going to take us to Storybook Circus, also at night, and we're going to enjoy the view of Dumbo, which has the beautiful colored lights underneath it with the water features as it goes round and round. Dumbo is one of those attractions that, when they moved it there to New Fantasyland, was improved upon probably the most out of any attraction in Fantasyland. I would... I would say pound for pound, Dumbo is the most aesthetically pleasing to the eye of any attraction in New Fantasyland, personally. That's my opinion. We could argue that, but maybe debate someday. I'll probably lose. But anyways. <laughs> um, so I just love that because anytime – I'm kind of like Matt. I'm not as far to this extreme as Matt is, but anytime you put water with lights, I'm kind of sold on it. So Dumbo is really 
uh, gets me. And then I love the, the, the music as well that plays during that. I mean, I know that has nothing to do with the visual, but it adds to the experience. I'm a little. I think I'm undecided about the Dumbo's. I I I I I do love lights and water. Uh, I think it's and and it fits the area. That's why I'm saying I'm undecided. I just don't like them. I'm undecided because it fits the area, colorful and circusy and a little tacky, uh, but classy at the same time. But those changing LED lights in the water just kind of remind me of like a hot tub, like. Aww. <laughs> how hot tubs they have that they have the the newer ones you know they don't have just the standard bulb on it they have that little led that's like purple green blue and all that and you can change them it just kind of reminds me of that and, and man, that's not dumbo's fault but they followed suit i'm gonna argue though some hypocrisy here because your favorite water feature at animal kingdom lodge looks like a hot tub that's <laughs> just like a small little hole in the ground no no every, no, 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 no every time I, we walk looks by like it. a hot tub we're talking about the 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 lighting style it, that yeah that little feature at animal kingdom lodge is wonderful because it's a nice little pool crystal clear but it has that singular regular old amber colored bulb and it's not like changing purple red blue whatever that's what i'm saying my my in-laws old hot tub which I enjoy every time I go to Tennessee, every single night that I'm there, uh, has that rotating LED light in it. And it just has a little a little touch of trailer park in it when it, <laughs> when it, when it has changing lights, you know. Well, we'll see if you're in that hot tub next time you're up there after that well, comment. they've moved. And, oh. No, I enjoy it thoroughly. I just, you know, at Disney World under Dumbo. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll agree to disagree because, like you said, it's a certain. I'm undecided. The winner of this debate is Matt. No, I'm just kidding. I actually, <laughs> I actually totally agree with Jeremy. I love those lights. In fact, I remember when they first shifted Dumbo over to Storybook Circus and they first posted a picture of these lights underneath. I feel like all three of us went crazy over these. Like, this is amazing. Like, I feel like we were all reposting it on Facebook. Of course, none of our friends cared about it at all. But we were like, oh my gosh, they put lights under Dumbo and fountains, it's and it's amazing. I love Storybook Circus. I love the fountains. I love the Dumbos. I love the tent. I love the whole thing. And I, I do like the lights. It's just there's a part of me that's drawn back because of that kind of that multicolored LED lighting. It just reminds me of like cheap rope lighting in a, in a pool somewhere that people string up and it changes colors. I don't know. Maybe if it didn't change colors, I'd be okay with it. If it's just blue hmm. or green. Alrighty. Okay. What's your number three, Matt? My number three is off the beaten path and it is not at a uh, park. It is at a resort. And that is... The view of the water mill, the Sasagula Mill, at uh, Disney's Port Orleans Riverside Resort. And as you've heard before on this resort, the, uh, as you've heard before <laughs> on this podcast, this resort is my resort. It was my resort as a child. It's where we stayed. Went back when it was Dixie Landings and then after it was Port Orleans Riverside, So there's a lot of nostalgia wrapped into this. But when you're over in really any of the buildings and you take the time to walk over to the food court for breakfast in the morning, there's a wonderful reveal that happens when you turn the corner uh, around the trees and there's that big 
water mill, the two big water towers, that big blue building. There's the, the, the little river waterway that's going around. You can take the bridge over. The little uh, kind of Cajun music is playing in the background. There's wonderful, a wonderful little moment there uh, that isn't just nostalgic for me, but it's, it would be nice for anybody. So uh, it, it's one of the reasons I recommend the Port Orleans Riverside Resort so heartily. So that's my number three. Yeah, it's a beautiful resort all around with the mansions, mm-hmm. the manors. The it's a really expansive resort, like so many walkways. Like they even have those bicycles you can rent. Like obviously there's a lot of room to walk around and take in the scenery. Yeah, I like the mansions, but you don't get the the walking in the morning with those, and I know that's not for everybody. I like a, di- a little bit of distance from the main area in the morning because I do like to get out and enjoy the ambiance of the resort, no matter what resort I'm at. So I would recommend the Alligator Bayou area. It has a it has a different character than the mansions. It's, as it would sound, very Bayou-like. So stay there and enjoy that walk in the morning with the wonderful uh, River Mill food court view. My number three is... Uh... I think the first on our list that's kind of pretty typical, like it's going to make most lists, but, but I, I still had to add it to mine, and that is the view of Expedition Everest, um, but from across the water, it's I think they even have made this like a picture spot. There seems to always be a photo pass photographer standing there, mm-hmm. but it's in Asia just past the monkeys, um, the big monkeys, that, or the not, they're not big, but the big monkey exhibit that's outdoors. And you kind of come to a point where you have to turn left, but right in front of you, I think there's actually a little sign that calls it Vista of the Himalayas, like View of the Himalayas. Um, and it's just a really great spot because across the water you see Expedition Everest, and it, it like, you look at it and you think, this isn't a theme park? Like, that's an actual mountain. What in the world? And then I've seen pictures of this at night. Now, we, we've said we haven't really been in Animal Kingdom at night all that much. But when you are there at night, to your left, as you see the Expedition Everest straight ahead of you, to your left, you see hanging in the palm, or not palm trees, but hanging in the trees of Asia right by, like, the bathrooms and by the ice cream truck. They have, like, those string popcorn lights strung through the trees. And so it's just such a great view to take in of the mountain and the lights and the water, the moon glowing off of it, perhaps, there's um, also like a little Hindu altar built right there at that photo spot as right. well. So you kind of yeah. right where you're standing. Yeah. Hey, there's another nice view like that. I think right from the bridge to Africa. Yeah, you're you're much farther away. Yeah, but yeah, you can see it from there as well. Yeah. Well, the the view that Derek is that Derek mentioned is currently walled up. So if your trip is within the next <laughs> few weeks, uh, you won't get that view. Because they're so doing the rivers of lights, but it's there. It just I just want to mention that in case one of our listeners is making a list of must dos. Get a postcard at the gift shop, as I'm sure all of our listeners do every time they listen to the podcast. Or just stick your phone notes. or a camera up over the wall and take your picture. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be a beautiful, gorgeous shot. <laughs> be very safe and get on your neighbor's shoulders. <laughs> Throw your child in the air and tell him to get snap the photo it. pass guy to hold you up. Do it. <laughs> because nothing says. What a beautiful trip we had! Then Everest in the background with the construction guys crack right there you as can, he's installing can, the lights. You can crop it out, <laughs> crop it out, or blur it. Get on the Photoshop and do some blurring. Am I to start this one? Yeah, you start. Yeah, go ahead. 
My number two, uh, that's a solid answer, Jeremy. Thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) That was my answer. That was Derek's answer, but good. Oh, sorry. But great transition. We're all talking about it. Uh, that was a solid answer, Derek. Thank you for that. Uh, but it it did not make my list. I, and I I was scrounging around because it was it was literally in the top competition for th- this spot, um, which makes it feel like it should be number three. But I figured if it's not number two, it's not going to be on my list at all. So number two is the view of Splash Mountain from Liberty Square. And this is a fairly obvious one. There is a Nikon picture spot, what used to be the Kodak picture spot thing there. Um, but this is a wonderful, wonderful view of Splash Mountain. It is perfectly centered, uh, I mean, not you know, not by chance, obviously, uh, by Imagineers and the people doing things the way they did it to give it the view. But when you come into Liberty Square, you begin to head towards Frontierland. The the expanse of the trees, kind of, there's expanse in the middle of the trees that opens up, and there is Splash Mountain, and perfectly centered, the flume coming down. You can see the logs coming down one after the other. Again, as the Liberty Bell comes around, you have an added dimension of movement and uh, and and activity that's there in that view. And it's just a wonderful, aptly named picture spot uh, of of Splash Mountain. Postcard worthy. I love I love the view of Splash Mountain. Like the way like when you look at it and there's nothing else around and the sky kind of frames it. You know? Yeah. 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 It's a good mountain. Any picture of Splash Mountain is postcard worthy. I said it. He Someone had to. The backside. You don't know what that looks like? It's a pink warehouse. <laughs> You've never been there. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Written the <laughs> magic. No, Splash Mountain's great. Um, my number two. Oh, can we move on? To... Wait, that was your number two, yeah? That was my number two, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. My number two favorite view in Walt Disney World is the view you get when you step inside the Mexico Pavilion, and you see the marketplace in front of you. It's you walk inside, even if it's eleven a.m. You walk inside, and all of a sudden it's nighttime, and you're in a little Mexican village, like. The marketplace is in front of you. They even did all the facades. Like, they did not have to do all this. But they have the facades of, like, the two-story, I don't know, maybe apartment buildings, like, all up and down. They've got the balconies. Um, Um, I I speak Spanish. They're called casas. Thank you. Thank you. And they've got the balconies. And strung from the balconies are those lanterns. Um, And, of course, the money shot is the water surrounding the giant pyramid that's in front of you. Like, it kind of goes back to the Epcot thing with the Imagination Pavilion. So much kinetic energy. Like, they're little shoppers, and then you see the boats going by, and the volcano is doing its own little thing, and all the lighting, and like I said, the facades are great. I, I, I can't get enough of it. Like, I never get tired of stepping foot inside that pavilion and just saying, wow, this looks awesome. But I'm indoors. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. How <laughs> do they do it? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> do you want to try that again? How does I do it? Hey, something I've noticed about these, uh, this one and then Pirates of the Caribbean, I don't know if that's always been this way for Mexico, but it certainly was this way for Pirates of the Caribbean. And that is that the little air duct or air vents that are on the ceiling. I don't know if like something code related had made them have to go make them white. 
but they are now white. And I noticed it at Mexico, oh. too. I didn't know if it had always been that way, but it's that way at Pirates. And there's a number of them, like, over over the track. And my wife, who shall not be named, is the one <laughs> who noticed it and said, that's weird. You can see that. And I was like, you know what? You can't. And I don't ever remember seeing them before. But all those little air ducts on the ceiling are painted white. In maybe, addition to the weird smell they're pumping in there now. Maybe it's just primer, and they're going to paint them dark. I think they would do that in one night. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, sometimes you get behind schedule. Somebody, you know, Bob called in sick, and we didn't have time, so, you know. Bob? I'm just saying that. Just picture his name being Bob or Randy or, or Fred, something like Randy, that. Randy, that's better. Okay. Hmm. That's a shame if that's true. But that's funny that you mentioned Pirates because Pirates was another one I had on my list. And then I took it off because I was like, well, Mexico Pavilion Pirates, they give you kind of the same vibe. Yeah. But I, I, or the scene you're talking about, I assume, is like the, the, the big ship with the cannons, right? Well, just the whole, the whole thing as you're going through. If you look up at the ceiling, that's supposed to be like this nighttime thing. They actually have clouds projected in some parts of it. Yeah. On the ceiling, there are a series. Like there's a oh. number of these. Uh, like I don't know if they're duct uh, or vents or filters or, or what, but they're up there and they're now all white. Boo. Yeah. Boo to safety. <laughs> Or whatever it is. <laughs> Codes. The wussification of America. All right. All right. The Trump supporters at it again. Yep, yep, yep. My number two is not in a park. In fact, I have a tie for number two because they're both – well, you'll see. Okay. My number twos are Animal Kingdom Lodge Lobby and Wilderness Lodge Lobby. Mm-hmm. Both of them kind of give me the same vibe. I guess it's because there's a lot of wood involved in both of them. But – Nothing is better than when I walk into the either of these lobbies and just you feel so uh, – I don't know what the word is. I almost feel overwhelmed by feel how – small. Yes, yeah. Like you just feel like small and overwhelmed com- because they're so grand and large. You're like Africa is just so – and or the wilderness is just so big. That's <laughs> exactly how I am every That's time. That's what I say every time I go in there. But I love, you know, you can just sit on one of the seats in the lobby, and they're very comfortable, and nobody's going to chase you away. Um, and you just can just soak it all in. Nobody's going to chase you away. Well, when you do it Mike. at the Holiday Inn, they tell you either check in, sir, or leave, you know, but they're not okay. going to do that to you at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Right. And uh, so you can just sit there and, and just enjoy it and enjoy the atmosphere, and, and it's just wonderful. And so I, I spend. Matt and Jessica and I, when we would go to the parks these last few times, we would end up defaulting to Animal Kingdom Lodge at the end of the night most of the time. Mm-hmm. And in the future, I think I'm always going to default yeah. to Animal Kingdom Lodge or Wilderness Lodge just because there's no better way to spend the, spend the, the last couple of hours maybe of the day than right yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a wow moment, those lobbies. Like, I remember we took yes. my parents to Wilderness Lodge, and it is like that like that, that giant chandelier that's there with all the animals around it. It's just one of those, like, ha- man, they put so much effort into this one lobby. It's beautiful. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You cannot oversell to first-timers or new Disney people, people who maybe they're on their second or third trip. You cannot oversell how good it is just to travel, particularly to all the deluxe resorts, and just spend an afternoon going from one to one to the other, and just enjoying the atmospheres at each of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Now, this has nothing to do with the view, but the background music in those lobbies also has a lot to do with why they, why I love them. But even Indeed. if that weren't there, I would still get that wow moment. So, is it my turn for number one, or did we have somebody not say their number two? Yeah, go ahead and start number one. Let's do it. Okay, number. outrageous thing that has ever happened on this podcast is it really well (laughs) really (laughs) number one my number one this is a view that is not really manufactured by disney but it's manufactured by god it just happens to take place in a man in a disney park the lord god (laughs) the only god i know (laughs) yes um And that is um, my favorite, favorite thing. And I will go out of my way every time I'm in a park to see this is Sunset Over World Showcase Lagoon. Particularly if you're standing between people built half of that. But not the sunset. Is what I I'm know. Saying. I'm, At first, I'm I thought you were going to say sun sh- Sunset Showcase, the new building in Hollywood Studios. <laughs> it is yes. amazing. It is divinely put there by God himself. <laughs> um, no, no, the Sunset Over the World Showcase Lagoon, particularly if you're standing between Mexico and the African Outpost because the sun is setting opposite of you across the water. Absolutely gorgeous absolutely stunning in fact i was just going through my phone and i have two pictures that i took just using an iphone it's not even anything special but i took these i just snapped these pictures no filters nothing and they Hashtag are just no filter. they are just <laughs> gorgeous and somehow um, i knew that it was going to get back to the fact that you took a gorgeous picture of world showcase sunset <laughs> but they're just beautiful i mean and, and so i'm going to post those on our twitter page and facebook page this week but uh if you're in epcot and it's close to sunset stroll over there and just enjoy the view as the sun goes. The only thing I can compare it to is if you've ever been in Key West and you have seen the sunset in Key West as a, you know the, the, the orange ball just kind of dips into the water and everybody claps and it's beautiful. Uh, um, I get the it's same... like Maya Angelou describing a sunset. <laughs> I get the, the same... orange ball dips into the water. Is that what Maya Angelou sounds like? Sadly, yes. That was a really good impression. (laughs) But uh, may she rest in peace. Uh, But anyways, it's just a beautiful, beautiful moment. So enjoy that. Mm. Amen. It's so funny. I I see so many pictures from professional photographers of sunsets at Walt Disney World. And they're amazing. And I'm like, where am I when these incredible sunsets happen? I mean... Obviously, I'm doing something, or I'm too busy to know this, or whatever. But you're in, you're in the Mexico Pavilion. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's it. I missed. Where's the, the sun? Why did I miss it? <laughs> but I see these amazing pictures, and uh, and I love looking at them. But I'm like, I swear, I've never seen a sunset that beautiful. Anyway, but that's why we have photography. My number one, if I may, is a bit on the nose. It is Cinderella Castle. 
It is from the Liberty Square Bridge. Oh, that almost this made is, my list. This is my number one as well. Really? It really is. But it could be from either the Liberty Square yeah, or the Tomorrowland Bridge. Either one. Just about to say that. <laughs> it from my mouth. No, that, that is exactly what I was going to say. It Either or, but this one, I don't know. The reflection is more full in the water on that side. Hmm. I, I think I like the wood bridge feel. All of that goes into this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just a perfect little side view of the castle. And you can really follow that trail all the way around the side that provides great views all the way. It's a little, you know, it's not your standard full front, full frontal. It's not your standard <laughs> um, okay, full frontal photo. It's not your standard right in the front centered photo of, the, the the castle it includes a little bit of landscape on the bottom the reflection in the water lots of wonderful things can happen like fog and clouds and sunsets and everything that just paint it a completely different uh way so that's my number one cinderella castle from the liberty square bridge i'll tell you why i think it's actually better than the front shot because because like i know they can't help this but you're always going to get people in your picture if you try to yeah. take it from the front and there's something about that side shot where all that's between you and the castle is just like that stream of water. Like that's all that's yes. between you. So it's just water and then like some really cool rock work in front of it. And so you really <laughs> feel like, A, it's just you and the castle. And B, like you're really in this kingdom. You're not in a, in a theme park with all these different rides. You're in a kingdom and that's the main part of it is the castle right in front of you. That, hey, that's my Valentine's Day. That's my Valentine's <laughs> Day, just me and the castle. <laughs> well, well, you said we were, we were we were both almost saying the other side. What do you like about the other side? Uh, I mean, that's on the uh, Tomorrowland side. Um, well, I once you said the thing about the wood bridge, I think that actually does make a difference. I think you're right. But besides that, like I feel like the views are kind of the same. You still get the rock. There's a work. waterfall on the other side. Oh, is there? I can't even don't picture go, it. that little. Don't go that chasing those waterfalls. Water. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's gone since they redid like the center and all that. Yeah, I can't picture it, but if that's so, I mean, it's just it's just so hard to decide that I just said either or. As we end the show, can I end the show with a little bit of breaking news? Yeah, it's just do been it. released via the Walt Disney Park uh, Disney Parks blog. Yes, y'all ready for this? Yes, hot off the press. Goodbye, Dream Along with Mickey uh, stage show. All new Mickey's Royal Friendship Fair coming this summer to the Magic Kingdom Park. There we go. Uh, This summer, the all-new live stage show, Mickey's Royal Friendship Fair, will grace the grandest stage at Walt Disney World with magic, music, and merriment. Against the backdrop of Cinderella Castle, Mickey Mouse and his friends will welcome favorite characters from some of Disney's newest classics, The Princess and the Frog, Tangled, and Frozen. Uh, In Mickey's Royal Friendship Fair, Mickey and his troop of merrymakers have been preparing to host a joyous festival and have ventured far and wide to invite friends from other lands to join their celebration. From the land of the bewitching bayous, Goofy has invited Tiana, Naveen, and Louie to come and spice up... Louie? Louis, to add a little spice... Yeah. <laughs> or alligator. All right. <laughs> to add a little spice of New Orleans jazz to Ooh. the party. From the land of the enchanted woods, Donald Duck brings some new friends he met at the Snuggly Duckling. 
<sighs> and Daisy introduces us to her special guests, Rapunzel and Flynn Rider. Finally, Mickey shares a surprise with Minnie as he has traveled to the land of the Mystic Mountains to invite Olaf, Anna, and Elsa, who contributes a blast of her icy magic. Oh, I so bet she does. I'm sure I bet that she just does. <laughs> It all culminates in a grand dance as the Merrymakers invite all the special guests to join in the fun on this very special day. I bet, hey, in the let me say right now, I bet 10 whole dollars that that means there's going to be a, a remix version of Let It Go at the end. Mm. <laughs> Probably so. Dollars right now. So look for Mickey's Royal Friendship Fair to make its debut in summer 2016. That's kind of cool. They're gonna. It's gonna kind of tie in with the parade. Then looks like it. And it, I think Dream Along with Mickey. I think it's been there for ten years. Oh, gosh. So uh, dreams it's time come for- true. Dreams yeah. come. Actually, dreams do come true. And once again, I think Disney is trolling this podcast because we talked about Princess and the Frog and Tangled and how we love these movies and wish they had more presence in the parks. Yes, we did. I'm just going to put it out there right now. Golden Girls attraction. Just throwing it out there since, since the oh. it's happening. Let's just do it. You two have talked about Golden Girls so much on this podcast that people tweet at us Golden Girls things. And I'm like, we yes. are not a Golden Girls podcast. <laughs> I love it. Keep it up. We love uh, you. Yes. Did y'all see it. that gospel Golden Girls theme? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you actually tagged Derek in it on Facebook, which I didn't know if well, it was being ironic like, or it wasn't act- about it, that wasn't so much about golden girls as thank you for being my friends but the the guy that did that little gospel desk camp to the theme song i sh- shouted it out for a while i have to admit we'll post that on our twitter as well this oh week. good good <laughs> seventh voyage of blanche well thank you for listening to another episode of the golden girls podcast <laughs> You can find us on Twitter at Mad Chatters. But for real, if you have a favorite view that we did not mention, send us pictures of it or just describe it in the best detail that you can. Um, We want to know what they are because I'm sure they just barely missed our list as well. Um, But you can always email us at comments. Unless they're bad. (laughs) At comments at madchatters.net. Find us on Facebook. I can't remember what I've already said, so I'm just going to sign off here and say we'll see you next week. Take a little time to find the magic in every day. May your journey be filled with light and magic. Mm, that's new. Might do that every week now. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I like it. <laughs>